Welcome to a special episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast. The Flying Tortuga Brothers are artists Carl Stoveland and Shannon Torrance, who are endeavoring to be named artists in residence in the Dry Tortugas National Park for September of 2020. What follows are portions of four of our favorite conversations talking about residencies in general or the Dry Tortugas. First up will be our conversation with Mark Golden from Golden Artist Colors. Well, yeah, I'm on the. Uh, I joined the board about five years ago. I was delighted to be asked to to participate with these. It's it's called the Alliance of Artist Communities, and it is probably the real on ramp for uh, the whole residency uh, community. It's uh, maybe about 500 organizations. Wow. Artist agencies belong to the alliance and uh it's just an exceptional staff exceptional staff in terms of assisting new emerging resident residencies it's, it is one of the fastest growing fields in the arts and it makes sense because artists need that place to network you know to be able to come together to be able to um, uh one have that time to be able to work on there uh without being disturbed but the residency is so broad, the field, you know, from performing arts to uh, writers to uh, visual arts and uh, and all sorts of combinations, art and community, uh, art and the environment. And, uh, well, similar to the, the residency that you guys are, are applying to, which has its, you know, roots in the park system. Yes. So um, it's... It is incredibly broad. There's probably about 1,500 residencies around the around the world. So after you do this residency, you should be like thinking about going to Greece or you know, um, yeah, well, expand. I have I have two others this year. I'm going to be at Chalk Hill in August at the winery. Oh, fantastic! And oh. I'll be in Big Cypress as artist in residence for the National Preserve in April. It's coming up real fast. Um, oh, that's fantastic. So this is my year for residencies and um, thinking about applying next year for make a, a homeward bound swing. Um, I know that Storm King has started a residency and that's one of the ones that I'm going to be looking at. So you've, what other residencies have you done before? Oh, no, we're actually total noobs. Yeah. Oh, I've never had a residency. Our, you know, our application. I'm so surprised. One is the, the things, I, listening to the podcast, uh, was it Beth and, and oh, Haley. Haley and uh, the kinds of questions. Uh, it's the kind of questions that you'd wish every resident would ask. And many do, you know, will call up past residents just to find out about the, you know, tell me about the place. Tell me about how it works. Tell me what I should know. What do I need to bring? How am I going to fit in? How is it going to be comfortable? And, uh, I think that's a, a great thing for, for folks to do to make sure that they're going to feel safe in this, in this space. Next up is a conversation from August we had with Kelly Clark. Kelly was a park ranger on the Dry Tortugas for 16 years and really has a unique viewpoint and a passion for the park that came through in our conversation and made us even more certain that we wanted to spend time at the park so our guest this week is Kelly Clark, who um, was a ranger in the Dry Tortugas National Park for 16 years. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thanks. Nice to be here, guys. It's really nice to talk to you in person after uh, the flurry of emails and permission slips and everything we had to go through to be able to make this happen. Yeah, you know, good old government work. Got to go through about 15 steps, but uh, we're here. Cool. And we're going to jump right into the interview. So, um 
I guess one of the things that when I talk to people about the Flying Tortuga Brothers project, um, a lot of people don't know what and where the dry tortugas are. So how about we start with uh, a little bit of that? What is the Dry Tortugas National Park? Yeah, sure. So, um, wow, the Dry Tortugas National Park is spectacular. It's uh, one of the smallest national parks. The park boundary uh, creates about 100 square miles. It's roughly 10 miles east to west by 10 miles north to south. And 98% of that park is considered underwater or, or open water. And the uh, park proper sits 68 miles west of Key West, Florida, and about 90 miles north of Havana, Cuba. So a uh, very remote location. And the only way you can get there is by boat or plane. And uh, that's, you know, quite an undertaking. So it's a real commitment to get out there. But once you get out there, it's incredible. And there are currently seven islands within that 100 square miles, of which we have uh, structures on two of those islands. And then the rest are just natural in the, in the marine ecosystem out there. Uh, you guys, when you get there or any other artist is going to be out there for 30 days. Uh, no cell service, no internet, no TV. Uh, occasionally, you can pick up a little radio out of Cuba or elsewhere. Oh, cool. Um, and, yeah, and, um, and there is a small solar array that um, can allow you to run a little bit of AC um, if necessary during the day, if you're taking a break or you're indoors. And then we have a reverse osmosis system that would generate, that does generate the drinking water. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's out there and, and you will be there and you'll be doing your artwork, but you'll learn how to unplug the RO pipe and check the, check the photovoltaic system. And, um, you'll be connected back to garden key to park service via a radio um, that uh, is, you know, as much for safety as anything else. And, you know, we'll do status checks and make sure everybody's okay, you know, and, uh, but we really try to leave the artists alone and really allow you to submerge yourself in the environment and your craft. And um, it's really an incredible experience to be on loggerhead key you know, a lot of times I, I've, I've compared it to, you know, when you're in that in the desert and that overwhelming silence of the desert that sometimes can become very loud. Mm. Loggerhead Key has the same effect. You know, you, you're out there and all you hear is rustling palm fronds and a little bit of the water and other natural noises. And it's it's really an experience that I think is hard to come by in the United States anymore or maybe even the world, but definitely in this country due to, you know, development. And so it's, it's really something special. You're absolutely right about that. As part of uh, my life as a photographer and now a filmmaker and with the podcast, I've really gotten into recording my own sound and have started going into the Everglades with a recorder and microphones and trying to record the dawn chorus or the birds or whatever I can hear at certain times. And it just, blows my mind that I turn up the microphone to get the birds and within five minutes I'll hear an airplane and I'll hear a car that's, you know, miles away. It just makes me crazy that there are really no places left that we can go yeah. to that are like that. And Shannon and I may be 
the two odd ducks in the bunch because the two of us heard about this and we we're like cut off from the world yeah sign us up and everyone we know when we told about it we're like are You're you crazy. sure you want to do that <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's good for the soul it's good for the mind it's good for the body and um you know a lot of people do they kind of have this freak out like oh you sure you want to do this or can you do this and it doesn't take long guys you know you get out there and you know, it's a little shell shocking at first and you're, you literally are overwhelmed. It's sensory overload, the colors of the water, the intensity of the heat. When you start to have that Google earth perspective and realize the small piece of land you're standing on out in the Gulf of Mexico, it's pretty overwhelming, you know, but once you rein that in, and you slow everything down, you really start to tune into just a whole nother level of kind of peacefulness and understanding of why it's so important that this place is a national park and we're working to conserve and preserve it. Uh, yeah, and thank God you are because like I, I had just said, there are just so few places left where that magic is really still available. And uh, we really are two people that are like, yeah, sign us up. We really want to do this. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's why we decided when we did not get accepted for the 2019 September that we weren't going to put our heads in the sand. We were going to go all guns in and do everything we could, make a real big social media presence, work on starting a film that will be done while we're on the island. And so we've been recording footage and we've got the podcast and we're, we're talking to all these interesting people who have been on one residency or another and looking forward to talking to more of them. So I think when it comes time to send in the application this year, we're going to really knock their socks off. That's the plan. Great. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. In October, we had the good fortune to be able to talk to Beth and Haley Williams fresh back from their time on Loggerhead Key as the artists in residence for 2019. They were able to fill in some of the gaps for us on what the experience was like from a nuts and bolts point of view, and again left us with a feeling of awe and inspiration to continue this journey and hopefully become selected as artists in residence for 2020. Hello, thank you for having us. Thank you, so excited to be here. Oh, great. So before we get into the nitty gritty, just how was it? It was what we expected as far as being out there on our own. And I was able to really get into my art more than I am at home. There were no distractions. So that was the highlight of the trip for me was really getting to dig down and not being distracted. The island was just stunning everywhere you looked um the wildlife every day it was a remarkable experience to feel so close to nature and be surrounded like that by the ocean so i guess one of my first questions was um have you guys done residencies together before how many have you done that kind of thing that's funny we have never done a residency together and we have never done a residency before this it was our first experience cool and while well, you're still speaking to each other after 30 days alone on an island <laughs> so that, that bodes well surely 
That's true. We, we had a couple of moments, but um, it was a good a good place to work things out because there's really no place to go. <laughs> it's true, yeah. We I couldn't mean, split off and look at our phones <laughs> for hours. We had to work out our concerns. Most of our concerns were about the project we were doing and how best to speak to the public and, you know, mm-hmm. we have some anxiety about technology. <laughs> so it was interesting because we ended up finding common ground just because we were the only two people out there. You, you had to, you have to get along. So I guess one of the things I'm curious about is if this is your first one, uh, what was the draw for Dry Tortugas? Because I want to parallel that to what made us do it or what's making us apply for a second time. So we um, we are living in uh, Edisto Island, South Carolina. And because the ocean and a lot of um, climate change problems affect us here, we were really interested in spending time on Loggerhead Key because it was enlightening to us um, about just the state of our oceans right now. Mom is a marine landscape artist. A lot of her work um, has to do with waves and marsh. She spends a lot of time on the beach and to take reference photos, but getting to know, getting to know um, the landscape that way. So the ocean is really important to who we are and where we live, but it's been part of our work for as long as we've been practicing. Sure. So the dry tortugas seemed kind of faded That's for a perfect us. Fit, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was remarkable how different the water was there, but also the way that we got to expand our understanding of the effects that the ocean's having on. Yeah. Yes, on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed, you know, it changed our approaches to our work as well in an interesting way. And for the final segment of our mini best of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast year one, Shannon and I decided to go back to one of our earliest interviews, a time that we spent with legendary Everglades photographer Clyde Butcher. Clyde has been an inspiration for me since I moved to Florida and one of my favorite photographers. So this was a real pleasure to be able to sit down with the legendary photographer and get some of his thoughts on the dry tortugas. Our work is going to be um, sort of environmentally driven. Um, So my paintings especially will be um, about celebrating um, nature and undisturbed nature and, and that sort of thing. That's what the parks are all about. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's and why we need to keep them. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. I just wanted to add that that's um, doing the, the blog and the um, making the, the, the movie and that is what we're going to do while we're on the island. So this gives them an idea of, of yeah. what we're going to bring to the table if when not, we get picked. Not only, right, when we get picked, not only uh, will it be ammunition for us to get picked, but also a big piece of meat to be part of the film, the the process of getting there before we turn it into the documentary of A, the environment of the island showcasing that and what it's gonna be like for two artists to live off the grid 
and actually have to do it. So, so that's where the Flying Tortuga Brothers project came from. The name just came to me one day in a conversation over a couple of beers with Shannon, and it stuck. So that's what we've been using. Um, we're very excited to keep moving forward. And the goal of the Flying Tortugas podcast was we were going to start interviewing people who had been artists in residence for the National Parks Arts Foundation, artists in residence in general, and also definitely tap into the folks that had been artists in residence on Loggerhead Key and start to pick their brains about what it was like, you know, some basic questions. What did you bring that you didn't need and what did you wish you had on the island? Try and get ahead of the process a little bit. So when I started reaching out to people that were my wish list of interviews, I was hoping to have 10 in the bank before we got to Mr. Clyde Butcher here. And lo and behold, the next day I got an email from Nikki saying, hey, Clyde would love to be part of your project. And here we are just a week later. I feel so blessed. I can't even believe it. To get started. But, you know, to me, this sounds like a good opportunity for the park because you guys are bringing a whole package. Absolutely. Not just uh, one thing. And and there's a reason why there's two people required. There's no way you could swim to the fort. Yeah, no. I mean, you if you know, break a leg or something, you need somebody to be able to make a phone call with a satellite phone. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long ways. Yeah, it's certainly not something I'm in condition to make the swim for. Shannon, no. maybe, not me. Well, yeah, I don't want to attempt it. There's some great diving there. I've been looking at the reefs from uh, from above. Because oh. I plan to fish every morning before I paint just to see if we can sort of eat off the land as much as we can. I think that's legal. I think it is too, yeah. I've done some research, and you can definitely fish off the beach. I've seen other people doing it with kayaks as well. I'd, 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 I would fish off the long end of the island where the reef is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, the reef is, we dove the reef a couple of years back, and just every kind of fish you could think of. Yeah, it sounds just so beautiful yeah. and colorful. It's, it's a special place in this crowded society. True, true, absolutely. 